0: Good evening, Indorel. DM Dylan here. I'm sure you've been asking yourself, where the heck is episode 4? Well, I'm going to level with you. We kind of messed up. So the boys and I recorded a really great show for you guys, and it kind of sounded like garbage. Rather than subjecting your precious ears to subpar quality, we came up with something a little different. A dramatic reading of the summary of events that transpired. We hope that you enjoy this special presentation, and come along and join us for the upcoming episode 5. Before I head out, I'd first like to give a special thanks to all of our listeners, as well as our sponsors from the previous episode. Rufus and the Arena over in Hamlet. A bloody good time, as always. And also a special thanks to the lovely ladies of the Frog Legs Inn and Brothel, Elderwood's best-kept secret. So, without further ado, Episode 4, Checkmate. Ah, so do you want to hear more of the tale of Val, the tiefling bloodhunter, and Walker, the elven ranger. Let's see, where did we last leave off? Ah, yes. Our heroes had found themselves deep in the Elderwood, having tracked the ivy-covered gemstone to the lodge known as Delphara's Rose Garden. Although now in possession of the item they seek, They have also drawn the ire of its owner, a powerful lich. If it was not for the quick thinking of Delvara herself, the lich would have made quick work of everyone in the lodge. Now the guests of Delvara's rose garden find themselves both protected and trapped by the bark of a large, all-encompassing tree. Trying to find something of use... Val had stumbled upon a mysterious chess set, and although he did not know how it worked, he could feel that it possessed a formidable amount of magic. Walker, remaining collected, overheard a conversation from a small group conspiring to kill his partner and returned the phylactery to the lich in hopes of being rewarded, not taking kindly to the threat against Val's life. Walker plants an arrow right at the feet of the degenerates. After an exchange of dirty looks, the dwarf, human, and half-elf think it better to bide their time. For now at least, the lich would continue to whisper his taunts to the living, bargaining with the lives of those unfortunate enough to be left outside, killing them each slowly as more time passed. Val quizzed Araleigh on her thoughts of escape. In her typical dispassionate tone, she explained that her faith was fully placed in Delvara. And after some pointed banter, Val and Araleigh noticed Ray staring into the inner workings of his armor. Walker warned his partner of the group intending to kill him. And as Val quietly observed, he noticed a human preparing a silent spell. In an attempt to discourage the would-be attackers, Val placed himself near Delvara. As our heroes were preparing for a possible brawl, Walker made his way to Drey, curious of Ray's thoughts as he stared into his armor. Drey appeared confused as to why the Lich did not take the phylactery when it was in the possession of the sharp sentinels. The only conclusion he was able to draw is that his armor was able to mask the phylactery's power. Val realizes that Rey's armor is imbued with earthblood, a magical and volatile substance that is capable of hiding the phylactery. The group has a brief discussion of hiding the phylactery behind Rey's armor. However, it is quickly dismissed, as Aralé had ventured off to ransack what was left of the vault. As the party discussed their next move, Walker began to feel an intense pressure behind his eyes, alerting him to the presence of someone. One of the patrons, a gnome, approached, inquiring about Val and his powers. Val quickly dismisses the gnome's inquisitions. Walker notices that this gnome seems to be some manner of spellcaster possibly a wizard. The gnome shifts his attention to Val's recently acquired chessboard, asking if he'd be interested in selling. Knowing that it contained a formidable amount of magic, Val is not willing to part with it. The gnome finally introduces himself as Drago. With his patience wearing thin from the gnome's constant questioning, Val closely examines Drago. And upon harsher scrutiny, the blood hunter determines that there is something... ...off with the gnomes' eyes. What are you, really? Val challenges. Walker, due to his experiences and abilities, quickly realizes that Drago is a monster hiding in plain sight. The two presser Drago to reveal his true form, and finding that he can no longer hide in plain sight... Drago requests a private moment with our heroes. Val and Walker escort the imposter to the vault, still occupied by Araleigh. True to her form, the elven thief seems quite annoyed that Val was able to pick through the loot before her. And after some more of their typical bickering, Araleigh too decides that she will give audience to this interrogation. Drago warns. Although he may not say what he actually is, he can show the others. He does at least tell them that he originates from the Feywild. Walker takes notice of a book on Dregel's person. It has comparable construction to the arrow they had found in the Nix lair. The ranger began to inquire on any recently opened portals. Dregel denied any new portal activity. Satisfied with his answer, Walker urges Drago to reveal his true form. The gnome slowly transforms into a large monstrosity. Dullish gray skin, his arms become an unfathomable length, triple-jointed even. He is now almost too large for the room in which he presides. Walker is able to identify this creature as a Krakenen, one of the Feywild's more ...elusive residence. Drago... ...once again tries to barter for Val's chess set... ...offering to make him a deal. Now... ...there is something that you should know... ...about the Feywild. Tears... ...yes, tears... ...are a popular currency in that realm. Around his body... ...Drago was in possession of a water skin... ...containing that very currency. Luckily... Both Val and Walker were too wise to make any frivolous deals with the Fae. Walker went so far to suggest that Drago may turn Val into a frog or a plant with a bad deal. At the mention of plant, the Karakanen mentioned taking notice of some tillweed Delvara had on display. This triggered a memory in Walker's mind. Tillweed if burned to ash, could be used as a plant killer. Val, Walker, and Errele rejoined the group in the main room. Delvara warns that if they do not think of something quickly, the tree's protection will not last until the sunrise. Walker would reveal that the pressure behind his eyes, felt earlier, would indicate a possible ally outside of the building. He began to devise a plan to sneak out. However, there were a few problems. Firstly, it was a one-way trip. Davara simply could not risk letting him back in with the Lich around. Secondly, Val would not be able to join him. The tiefling was too large and too loud to make it out effectively. Val tried to convince Walker to take Errolay with him, but Walker did not trust her in that role. Walker would call upon Deke, the dark elf that was a member of Drago's party. It was obvious that Deke was some sort of spell caster, and he would admit he knew some messaging spells. He was apprehensive of going outside with Walker, but he would eventually concede. The group tried for a few minutes to work out the details of Walker's plan, but ultimately it was decided that it would be too risky with too little chance of success. So, our heroes devised a plan to use the tillweed to ward off the Lich through his ivy-covered gemstone, and Alvara moved into the kitchen and began to prepare the ashen tillweed. However, before they were able to enact this plan, the troublemakers from earlier decided they had enough and sprang their own plan into action. A silent spell Was unleashed upon the galley, and all fell quiet. The great sword wielding half elf charged directly at Walker, attempting to ruin any shot he may take, yet our elven ranger is quite dexterous and evaded both attacks from the half elf. Unfortunately, whilst creating distance between himself and his attacker, the great sword managed to cut into Walker in one fluid motion. He rolls across the bar for protection and emerges with a drawn arrow. This arrow did not find its target, planting itself in a wall near the castor. Silently, Walker would make his way into the kitchen and grab the attention of an unaware Delvara. The dwarf's muscles swelled as he violently heaved his axe at Val, missing completely. Mostly ignoring the Dwarf's advances, Val reunited Aralé with the dagger she had left in the Elderwood. Whilst he was moving towards the caster, the Dwarf manages to land a lucky hit on our tiefling. Val imbued his sword with radiance as he rushed the caster. However, still shrugging off the last strike, Val's sword did not find purchase. The caster pulled his dagger trying to stab a staggered Val, but is also unsuccessful in his effort. Erle, now fully aware of what is transpiring, springs into action. With frightening speed she would tear into the dwarf, and had there not been an intoxicating amount of adrenaline in his veins, he would be dead. On the other side of the bar, the fighter's sword cuts deeply into Walker, causing a formidable amount of damage. Although he is quick, Walker, unsteady, was not able to ward off a second attack from the fighter, drawing even more blood from the elf. The caster, who had managed to evade Val's initial attack, smirks as he comes face to face with the bloodhunter. He is completely unaware of Delvara's bear silently flanking him. In a vulgar display of power, the bear eviscerates the arrogant caster, and the silent spell is dropped. Walker, seizing the opportunity, pulls a sword of his own and cuts into the fighter, as well as using his planar warrior abilities to bestow additional force damage. Aralee finds herself unsuccessful in striking the chaos that is the dwarven barbarian, Coming to her aid, Val lands a dire hit with his radiantly imbued bastard sword. The barbarian, now distracted by Val, becomes an easy target for the elven thief. With little effort, she slits his throat, dispatching him a mortal wound. A battered walker feels Delvara's hands on his back, healing his wounds. She quickly returns to the stove, tending to the tillweed, Walker, rejuvenated, prepares for another bout with the fighter. He is able to, yet again, slash into the fighter with his short sword whilst calling for Val. The tiefling would come crashing through the kitchen door, throwing the fighter into Walker. The ranger puts his attacker back to Val, skewing him upon the bastard sword and ending his life. Chaos reigned as the entire galley had erupted into a tavern brawl. The bear would let out a fearsome roar, re-establishing order in Delvara's rose garden. With order restored, our heroes would finally be able to regroup and enact their plan. With the utmost caution, Val would dip the phylactery into the prepared ash. The faint sizzling of vines could be heard as contact was made. Immediately, a thrash of demonic screeching could be heard outside of the walls as the lich begged Val to stop. Desperation turned to bartering. The lich wanted to make a deal, a proposition that piqued Walker's interest. He demanded that the lich leave and he gave his word that he would do nothing with the phylactery. Finally, The noise outside had ceased, indicating the lich's answer. Deciding that this was a good time to sneak out, Walker and Deke slipped through the trap door of Delvara's kitchen. Outside, they were met only by dead bodies and silence. Walker would call out into the forest. He would be met by a familiar voice telling him to keep his voice down. An elderly wood elf would reveal himself to Walker and Deke. Good to see you again, Walker, he said. The ranger immediately recognized the elf as Grinz, and while Walker was happy to see an ally, he questioned why Grinz was there. Grinz had been bestowed a dream, compelling him to travel to Delvarez. No, it is getting late, and my watch has ended. We shall continue the story of Val and Walker soon. Until then, stay safe.